Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you about our friends at Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call today, 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. We're going to talk to Tanner Mangum in a moment. Can I send a quick congratulations out to Carlos Boozer? Sure. Gordon, he has graduated Duke University. He sent out a picture of his diploma, and he said, after leaving school following my junior year at Duke to follow my dreams of becoming an NBA player, I left with three classes to complete to finish my degree. Well, guess what? After 19 years and two amazing summer school sessions this summer, I'm finally a Duke graduate. And he goes on to, to send out some thanks. But I always like that when you see a, a player take advantage and, and go back and get their degree and uh, really value that experience, even when maybe the timing wasn't right when they were of age when you're usually getting degrees. I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I have no complaint with that. Uh, he didn't injure a hamstring in route, did he? No, and I, I assume with the degree now he is confirming that he knows the difference between Zion Williamson and Zion's National Park, <laughs> which was my favorite recent Carlos Boozer story. No, I, I admire anybody who uh, has has the desire and the stick to enough to, to earn a degree. I mean, that's easy to do. And so it'd be easy, I imagine, at some level for Carlos just to sit back and and he made a little money along the way. So, uh, and for him to be have the desire to go get that degree, good on him. All right, let's talk a little BYU football. Let's get out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Former BYU quarterback and our good friend right here on the big show, Tanner Mangum with us. Tanner, how are you, sir? Man, great to be back on the big show. I feel like it's been quite a while. Wasn't sure I'd even be making an appearance. Didn't think this season would be happening, but good to be here. Man, am I excited that you're on the air, Tanner, because it means we are playing football. And I was <laughs> proud of the BYU football program for not only how they played on the field uh, last night, but for doing it, for continuing to work hard and remain disciplined. And being out there alone was was a victory, I thought. Well, I thought it was it was impressive, and then I think just like you said, uh, and, and even Kirk Herbstreit last night talked about it. Uh, this season is obviously very unique, but I think that you have to give BYU credit for not worrying about the situation or worrying about the lack of fans or just being concerned with uh, with things outside of their control. And and I know Kalani has his had those guys prepared. All I, you know, I can just picture it, and I, and I know it, and, and, and I know a lot of the guys in the team, and I know their attitudes and their mindsets. And I'm sure during the, the summer, it, everything's up in the air. Everything was, was unsure, but they just had to focus and control what they could control. And I know that they were just focusing on their effort, focusing on their, their energy and practice. And, and you saw it from, from the opening play BYU came out with energy they were hyping each other up they were playing hard and and it showed and so regardless of of the uh the things the the outer circumstances what what they could control as far as their effort and their play they really showed up to play and, and played in uh in dominant fashion 
Tanner, how much fun would it be to play quarterback behind that offensive line when it's controlling that line of scrimmage the way it was? <laughs> well, uh, Bill Belichick, uh, as, as entertaining as that interview was mid-game, uh, usually he's a man of few words, but I think last night he, uh, he turned it on. But he talked about the, uh, the importance of establishing the line of scrimmage and, and the difference that it makes. And if you can't stop the run, you can't stop anything from a defensive perspective. And so you saw it firsthand last night. And a lot of those linemen, in fact, all of them, those five starting offensive linemen were there, uh, were, were young guys when I was a senior in 2018. And here they are now, 2020, and they're, they're, they look even better. They're, they're, they're smarter. They're stronger. They, they're, they're working well together. Uh, Coach Mateos has, has got a great group on that offensive line, and they, they really took it to Navy. And, and I, was, I was surprised, not with uh, BYU's execution, but just with the overall uh, dominance you know, from start to finish. It was, it was, it was all BYU, and, and, it, and it made uh, Lopini and Tyler Algier and, and that whole BYU running game, it made their jobs very easy. So definitely huge shout-out goes out to the offensive line because with them controlling the line of scrimmage like that, it uh, it was creating success for the Cougars all night long. I want to get your evaluation of what you saw in Zach uh, Wilson last night, but I kind of want to give you my perspective of what I've kind of expected from him as a quarterback because he's healthy, and I thought that was certainly an issue last year. You talked, uh, you and Gordon talked about the the offensive line giving him an advantage, and he's he's an upperclassman. He's he's got the experience. I I'm expecting him to really take the next step and and uh, really be one of the you know kind of the next BYU quarterback to really be able to sling it. But what did you think about how he played last? night well there's a lot of pressure on Zach here he is now in his third year and whenever you have a good uh, freshman campaign which he did when he came in halfway through 2018 he showed enough uh, promise and potential to get everyone really excited uh, and then and in the sophomore year you, you, you might call it uh, that 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 sophomore slump which which is very very common you know, might have uh, not lived up to the expectations or lived up to the hype. So now, this third chance, in a way, it's it's it, there's a lot of pressure. It's it's time to to step up and perform, and uh, and so and he knows that he's he's aware of the pressure that's on him now as a junior and upperclassman. Uh, there's a lot that's expected of him, but he is the type to to in, internalize that pressure and handle it well. Uh, he, he doesn't shy away from the spotlight. He doesn't shy away from the opportunity to 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 lead, and and he put in the work. You know, he he's talented, but he works hard. And you ask anyone there on that team, he he, he stays he stays late. He works extra. He watches tons of film. Uh, they talked about it in the game last night. He traveled to California all summer long to get extra work in on the weekends. And, and so the work ethic's there, the talent's there, but now it's just a matter of, of putting it out on the field. And I thought overall last night it was, it was solid. There were obviously some first-game uh, miscommunications, first-game uh, you know, timing was off at times, but overall it was sharp. Overall he was solid. He was poised. Uh, I thought he did great on play action. Uh, and obviously when you're running the ball with that type of success, the play action opens up immensely, and he handled all of those situations great. And, um, yeah, I, I thought he did all that they asked him to do. 
um, when the when the running game is so dominant like that, it it uh, it you know oftentimes it's just okay. Let me just you know make my completions where I have them. Let me take my shots downfield where I can. Let's take our shots, our play action shots. But more than anything, let's manage this game and let's just keep pounding it, keep handing it, handing it, and 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 letting the the running game do its thing. But when asked, when called upon, I thought he made all the throws and, and did a good job of of keeping a balanced attack. Tanner, you mentioned Tyler Algier. I don't know if you know him or if you know him how well you know him, but man, he he looked good last night, and maybe any running back would have with the way the offensive front was blocking. But is he the real deal? Well, it, it, he's an interesting case here because I, I think it's it's a it's a classic example of development. Because when I was with him in, in 2018, he was young, he was inexperienced, he was still learning uh, his place and the kind of learning uh, his strengths and his and his skill sets. But then last year they moved him to defense, and then and then so that forces him to now learn a new position and to develop in a new position and to learn new things, which can hinder your development. If you're, if you're constantly learning and starting over in a way, it's, it's hard to develop. But I think they realized that they they were they needed some depth at the running back position. He had experience there. So they brought him back to the offense. And Coach Harvey Unga, who is, is, has done a great job so far, he's, he was always uh, a player's favorite. And so I know a lot of us are happy to see Harvey get that and that opportunity to become the running backs coach, but he's done a good job with, with helping develop Tyler and Tyler has become more athletic. He's become stronger and, and he looked good. I mean, from, from the very beginning of that opening drive, that first touchdown run showed good vision, good cut, you know, cutting to the outside and, um, and then showed better breakaway speed than I remember him having. And so it's good to see him develop and good to see that he's uh, provided uh, a good, uh, secondary option between Lapini and now Tyler Algier. That's a good one-two punch. Uh, so it'd be you to have, and it's 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 good to see him develop the way that he has. Tanner Mingham is with us here on the Big Show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Tanner, stepping aside from the, the game last night for a second, over the weekend, it was the five-year anniversary, and I saw this all over Twitter, by the way, because it was part of the hype for the game, but the five-year anniversary of the Hail Mary at Nebraska, and if you would, will you just take us through that whole, you know, that game from your perspective? Because your your plane from your mission, I believe, landed in Lincoln that day, right? And uh, you walked right <laughs> out. Uh, take us through that whole thing from your perspective. Uh, how it was culminating with that play? It sure felt like it. Uh, it's amazing that it's been five years. It, it makes me feel old. Uh, <laughs> a lot has happened in, in, within those five years, but in a way, that that play really. Uh, that that game changed my life in a lot of ways. It really changed the trajectory, uh, the path that I was on. But I, yeah, I'd only been home three months from from my mission, uh, on which I hardly worked out. I, I should have maybe I should have been better about uh, you know just trying to stay in better shape. But I you know I came came home in June of that year and just did my best to get back in shape and uh, get ready to. To contribute, uh, obviously, it was Taysom's senior year. He was uh, a Heisman favorite. He was back. He was healthy, and I was just doing all that I could to be prepared to to, uh, to back him up and to be ready when called upon. But I didn't think that I would be called upon that quickly. The second quarter, he hurts his foot on the on the touchdown run, uh, which, which was which is pretty remarkable in and of itself. 
and then he continues to play. Uh, I, I went in for a series, but then he came back in and kept playing. But as soon as I got to the sideline, you know, the trainers and the, and the coaching staff told me, hey, stay ready because he is just playing through this injury, but he won't be able to play through it much longer, and then he's done for the season. He, he's he's going to have to get surgery, and he's done. This is, you know, this is going to be um, your time once, once, he's, once he comes out. So be ready and, and, and stay, stay prepared. And so that was kind of a, a shock to hear that. Here we are, you know, game one, and they're already telling me that Taysom's going to be done for the year. And it was just such a, such a weird mix of emotions um, because you don't have time to really feel bad in the moment. You just have it's just it's game time. You just have to go. And um, and then you know here we are. It's my first collegiate game, and we're in front of ninety thousand fans in Lincoln, Nebraska, and and the environment is electric. It's it's loud to this day. Probably um, the loudest game that I ever had or in one of the coolest environments that I ever played in. And, uh, you know, we're, we're in a position to, to drive down and, and win the game. And, and unfortunately didn't, didn't do well enough to get down to, uh, to, to get the field goal range, left us a little bit short and got us to the 42 yard line and not close enough for a field goal. But what are you going to do? You just have to do your best and, and, uh, Obviously, just roll out right, give it, give your guys some time, and and uh, and then and then fortunately, I had great playmakers who were, uh, you know, great, great receivers, but also had had a just had a good mindset of just going to going up and making plays and making the tough catch and using their size to their advantage, and that's that's what happened with Mitch. He just went up and went up and got it, and it, it was fortunate that. Um, the ball was a little. I threw it a little bit short, which wasn't necessarily my intention, but it worked out perfectly because that's that's right, kind of where they weren't, and Mitch caught it and uh, fell fell in. And from that day on, it was just you know I was just thrust into the spotlight and um, was not expecting that when I woke up that morning, but that's how it that's how it went down. And uh, and to this day, it's, it's it's a good memory to look back on, um, but uh, but at the same time. Uh, sometimes it can be a little bit bittersweet because I think about that freshman year and how fun it was with that Nebraska game and then the Boise State game the next week and and, and the fun memories and the, the exciting games and the exciting finishes we had that year in contrast with the rest of my career and just, it didn't go out, go out, finish out as, a, as high as I'd started. Um, but nonetheless, it's a great memory to look back on and, and definitely something that, uh, that, that I can cherish moving forward. So Tanner, who was it? And by the way, uh, Jake, today is Tanner's birthday. Happy birthday! <laughs> That's awesome. Appreciate yeah. that. He's uh, what are you? Uh, what are you? About forty-five years old, Tanner? <laughs> um, according to uh, BYU proponents or, or who, anyone who <laughs> is unaware, I'm familiar with BYU culture. Yeah, they, they assume that I'm thirty years old, but. Uh, so in that Nebraska game, I was 21, and then three days later, I turned 22. So now I just today I'm 27. Well, so well, happy birthday to you. Uh, What'd you today, get him, Gordon? September 8th. Uh, I'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, so, so, so Tanner, who was who was the coach that told you right before you went out uh, on that last play? 
against Nebraska. Don't throw it out of the end zone. Who who was it who said that? <laughs> it was Robert and I, and it, it was a classic example okay. of of you know performance psychology. You want to focus on uh, you know what you what you should do, and not what you shouldn't. You know, if if you say if you tell someone, hey, don't throw a pick, don't throw a pick, don't throw a pick, then they're probably going to go out and, and throw a pick. And so it was, it was it was one of those things where he said, don't throw it out of the back of the end zone, don't throw it out of the back of the end zone. And so all of a sudden I'm, I'm trying to be, uh, I'm kind of hesitant. I'm kind of tr- you know, trying to be soft with it when uh, when maybe I should have just been more assertive. But kind of like I said earlier, it actually worked out perfectly that I left it a little bit short because that's, uh, you know, ended up, being the perfect spot for it but uh, it, it always made me laugh when when i think about that when him telling me not to do that because obviously it's kind of one of those um yeah it's a given you know it, you don't even you don't, you don't even need to say that obviously i'm, I'm gonna keep it in bounds this is the last thing for me tanner so, just talking about uh, last night's game real quick and uh, and sorry gordon i didn't mean to step on you but uh, what did you right. think about uh, being able to hear all the the audio from the sideline throughout the game i thought that was really cool you could really pick up the energy from byu sideline in the broadcast I, I thought that was a kind of a fun byproduct to to not having fans oh that was, i mean that was huge and, and that's in a, in a way what's what set what set byu apart because from from play number one they had the energy they're cheering each other on, pumping each other up. Uh, you know, we, we, as the group that I was watching it with, we were commenting on how you can, you can hear everyone shouting and yelling. And, and, um, and it's, 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 that's how Kalani wants his team to be. He encourages that. He, he demands it in a way. And, and when you don't have that, it's flat. You don't have that energy. And I think you totally saw that on the Navy sideline. Obviously, they were getting – uh, dominated, so it's hard to have that energy when you're getting beat like that. But um, I think that's that's a it's going to be big this season with with uh, playing with no fans. You have to create your own energy, and you have to show up ready to play like it is a packed stadium. You have to kind of psych yourself up that way. And uh, I, it, it was fun being able to hear that, and and I think it definitely helped propel them to keep that momentum that they uh, established from the very beginning. Tanner, a year ago, BYU's defense was quite abysmal against the run, and uh, they go out there against uh, what was last year the the number one rated rushing offense in the country, and they absolutely shut them down. I'm I'm curious, how can a team go from being bad at something to being really good? Is it the truth? Are they as good as they looked last night? And if it, if they are really good, how does that happen in one offseason? Well, I think it's a combination of things. I think, one, BYU got better, which I can get to in a little bit. But I think also, two, Navy got worse. I was expecting more from them. They, they had an 11-2 and campaign last year one of their best years in, in school history beat Kansas State in their bowl game. Uh, you know, they, they were a good team. So I was expecting more. I knew they had lost a lot of key starters, but I was expecting more from them. And, uh, and at BYU's defense really just shut them down from the beginning, which, which uh, I think it's, it's a, a duality. But to your, to your point, I think a lot of it, what, where they got better was just experience. You have a lot of guys, a lot of returning starters who who have played now for two, three years, and some you know for for some guys like Zane, this is his fifth year, and uh, you have you have guys who've, who've been around. You have Troy Warner, great, you know, another veteran, 
in that in that uh, defensive secondary. Um, you got Isaiah Kafusi, senior captain, leader, um, and you know Peyton Wilgar, who's now coming back in his second years. I, I, and then you have Tyrus Tonga, um, Lorenzo. You got you know so many guys. Uh, Zach Daw. I could go on and on of guys who have been around who have taken the uh, I guess you know have gone through the highs and the lows, and they're bigger now. They're stronger. They're more aware of their assignments, what they need to do. They're more assignment sound, especially against an offense like Navy, that triple option, you have to be very assignment sound. And they, they were. They were disciplined, They and, and it showed. And so I think it's a, it's a credit to uh, Kalani, who's obviously a defensive-minded coach. It's a credit to Coach Tuiaki. Uh, and then and then more than anything, this, those those leaders on the team, those veterans who – have taken it on themselves to to get better to improve because last year that was one of their weak spots and uh, they they came out with something to prove yesterday and, and they showed it and so while while their schedule obviously is not uh, too tough uh, especially compared to what it was that's out of their control they you know they have no control over who they play now but what they can control is how they go and play and let everyone everyone can debate you know whether whether if they would beat the teams that were originally on their schedule, you know, that's all up for speculation. But at the end of the day, they took care of their job and they, they shut down uh, Navy yesterday in, in dominant fashion. Tanner, I'm not sure how you're celebrating. Yeah, your I got one more thing. I, I, sorry. I got one more thing for you. I want to do uh, ask Matt Bushman has the Achilles injury. You had an injury like that. How tough is it to come back from it? Well, more than anything, uh, first things first, I'm just heartbroken that that happened to him, especially so close to the season opener of his senior year. You know, he comes back. He could have he could have gone for the NFL draft last year. Uh, who knows what would have happened? But he he comes back, has all this hope, and and to have that injury is just devastating. And I, I just, my heart goes out to him. Um, but there is there is hope uh, because Dr. Uh, Dr. Fox, he's one of the, uh, the orthopedic surgeons down at BYU, um, an amazing guy, amazing surgeon, and then and then the, the training staff at BYU, the strength and conditioning staff, they'll be able to help him recover. Uh, it, it's it's obviously every situation is is different. It, you can't really compare one situation to the other because everyone. Uh, heals differently. Every injury is a little bit different. But you know, when I came back from my injury, I, I was I was back in six months, which is extremely rare. Going into an Achilles recovery, you kind of you're kind of under the impression that it'll take nine months to a year. But I was I was back playing fully at six months, and I had done other things to take care of my body uh, nutritionally. I, when I came back, I felt great and in probably the best shape of of my life. Um, and so I think with the combination of, of the surgery and then his attitude approaching the rehab process with the training staff and the strength and conditioning staff, um, and I know he has a great attitude. He's, he's one of the hardest workers and, and just one of the nicest, most humble guys. He's going to attack this with the right mindset. I know that. Um, and so as, as heartbreaking as it is, you, you, I, I think you just you, you control what you can control again, and a common theme here. And uh, – you know, I think he's just he's just gonna have to come back and um, you know just do everything in his power to get better in other ways, 
um, you know, to take care of his body holistically, not just his Achilles, but his whole body, um, the mental side of the game, watching film, understanding concepts and things like that to help him get ready for the NFL draft because, you know, I, I think bar, bar none, he's one of the best tight ends in the country, and I think he has a shot, a great shot of being an, an NFL uh, caliber tight end. And so I, I, I think it's just a matter of how he approaches the – the rehab process, but I'm not worried about him. I know he has the right attitude and he'll approach it well. Um, but nonetheless, a big blow for BYU. He was obviously one of our, uh, I mean, he's been the, the, the team's leading receiver year in and year out. So definitely we'll, we'll miss him this year. Tanner, I don't know how, <clears throat> excuse me, you're celebrating your birthday, but this is what I hope. I hope you're having a socially distanced house party that would make Led Zeppelin proud. Wherever you're staying, I hope it's in ruins after the party you have tonight. Oh, it's, we'll, we'll be sure to, to make it a uh, very enjoyable yet safe uh, celebration, <laughs> for sure. Thanks, buddy. Happy birthday. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. There you go, former BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum. I thought uh, a lot of good stuff from Tanner. In fact, you had I was... to throw that. Yeah, you, you had to throw that in there, didn't you? <laughs> well, it's what I hope he's doing for his birthday. That's all. I just i i i hope he's you know has a raucous good time. Okay. All right, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our good friend Andrew Reinhardt. And, hey, you could be celebrating like you used to back in your 20s if uh, if you, or even before, if uh, you listen to Andrew Reinhardt. What's going on, Andrew? <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, um, there's so many guys out there struggling with ED, and there's a lot of guys that think they're too young. They say, ah, I'm in my 20s, in my 30s, my 40s, whatever. This shouldn't be happening to me. And so they kind of hope that they can wish ED away. And it doesn't happen like that. Typically, it actually gets worse. Now, we have helped so many guys, young and old, with our acoustic wave therapy that is Cambridge studied now to open up and regrow blood vessels. Um, We've seen incredible things, treated thousands of guys, and what it does is it restores the normal function in the bedroom. Uh, I don't know of anybody that enjoys taking the pill, uh, that enjoys an injection in this part of the body, heaven forbid. They all want the natural and normal function back, and that is what the acoustic wave therapy can do. And in the words of Cambridge, safe, effective, and revolutionary. And there's some really yeah great science. I know we've been talking about it a lot lately, but there's some really great research being done on this that you can kind of point to and, and see that it works for a lot of guys out there. Absolutely. You could go to the science page at wasatchmedicalclinic.com and read 10 or 12 of them. There's more coming out all the time. This is an FDA-registered device. It's not a theory or an assumption. This really is clinically proven to improve circulation. The body needs circulation. This part of the body needs circulation desperately, and the science is sound. 801-901-8000 is the number to call, 801-901-8000. And you guys are doing a lot for our listeners right now. We are. We know that ED is difficult to talk about, even more difficult to maybe come in and address. Uh, So we take all of the pain out of it. Um, Guys come in, they feel comfortable. They meet with a, a male staff, a male doctor, Uh, it's not as bad as they think. We'll do the consultation, the exam for free. 
will test your blood flow, which many guys probably have not done, and really get a feel of how good blood vessels are. If there's any damage or blockages, that's all free. Plus now, if you sign up, you take the treatments, we're going to include testosterone for free. We know a lot of people that charge thousands of dollars for this with Wasatch Medical. It's free. We've got all angles of erectile dysfunction covered now. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. All right. We'll have more Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to Tanner Mangum for uh, jumping on with us in the last segment. Uh, hope he's in store for uh, just a party of all birthday parties tonight. That's what I wish for him. Just a, a raucous affair. Um, you're still not finding that funny, Gordon? Not particularly, no, <laughs> okay. but you can keep saying it okay. if you want. I mean... <laughs> It wouldn't be the first time you told a, a joke that wasn't funny. I know. I, I feel like today, especially, I've had a, a bunch of zingers that uh, that have just uh, not uh, rung with you today. Uh, <laughs> I'll try to I, improve. You know, Jake, Jake, it's about time that you realize what I realize. It is this. I'm not as funny as I thought I was. I know. I need to come around right to it. I need to figure it out. You're right. I mean, okay. Austin, can you uh, can you help Jake in that regard? I've, Actually, I've, I've I find you both times. You're you're this. <laughs> See, Austin finds me funny. Thank you, Austin. I appreciate and, and early that. you had the the airplane airplane hangar valet joke. That yeah. was great. Thank you. I thought that was good too. All right. Well, apparently, you, you didn't laugh hard enough, Austin, because he's feeling a little insecure. No, I just, you know, I, I get some feedback from Austin. I thought, okay, that, that landed all right. And then uh, I, I listen to you, and I just get the, the grunt of disapproval. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of like if your brother laughs at your joke, you feel good. But you still want dad to laugh yeah, at your or, joke. Yeah, or somebody else to go like, okay, one, you know, one laugh is pretty good, but I, I need a little reinforcement. And I get the... Mm. Okay. Uh, I do have some basketball news, Gordon. Give it to me. Uh, This coming from uh, Greg Beecham, (laughs) who reports for the AP in L.A., says the Clippers just got final approval for their arena project from the city of Inglewood. They're buying the public land on the stadium site for $66.25 million. They expect to break ground next summer and open in 2024. The wait list for season tickets is now open. So it is happening. The Clippers are are, uh, divorcing themselves from the Staples Center and the Lakers and building their own facility as they try to uh, slingshot past the Lakers as the dominant NBA franchise in Los Angeles. Well, you knew that Steve Ballmer wasn't going to settle for that. I mean, the guy has a few dollars in his pocket. And, uh, yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me at all. And they've established themselves now. 
to the point where if they're going to run that franchise and do it the right way and compete on the floor the way they're capable of doing now, why shouldn't they have their own building? It's ridiculous. Remember when they had to take all the lake, they covered up all the Lakers stuff in Staples in order to make it feel like it. They weren't playing their home games on someone else's floor. So yeah, good for them. Forgive my um, uh, forgive my ignorance here. Do the Lakers own Staples? Who owns Staples? I thought honestly, I thought the Madison Square Garden Garden. Ownership group owned Staples. That Center. is the Great Western Forum. Okay, I see. The one they're trying to because they okay. were trying to mess, Stonewall. They were I, trying to mess up this plan. I see. Okay, okay. Um, so the Buff family, you think, owns Staples? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I'm not sure. Or is it a LA owned, LA County owned building? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the I feel like you should be saying this. Let's see. Um, the Lakers shared the, let's see, it's the On Schultz Entertainment Group. Oh, okay. So who well, are they? Well, they certainly use that arena for all kinds of things. So, But it's not uh, not owned by the Lakers, no. So it's owned by somebody else. And now uh, uh, the On Schultz Entertainment Group is the one that owns like every MLS team. Okay. So that's yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah the, the primary investor in Major League Soccer. Okay. I'm, I'm familiar with who they are. So they own Staples Center. And then, yeah, then um, MSG randomly owns the Great Western Forum, and now Balmer is, is building, his own, uh, building his own facility. And, hey, if I invested $2 billion in a basketball, you know, after you pony up $2 bucks just to own the team, at this point, don't you uh, kind of uh, might as well spend it all? I, I, think about, uh, I think about the late, great Larry Miller when he started building um, – uh, the racetrack out in Grantsville, and it had, I wish I could remember the numbers off the top of my head. Maybe you can, Gordon. But it had one um, cost, one budget. You know, this is how much it's going to be. And it was such a passion project for Larry. Remember that? That uh, mm-hmm. I remember he told us about how his uh, engineers and architects would come back to him and say, you know, we plan on doing this, but this would be really cool. <laughs> and Larry was like, yep, we're doing that. And uh, it ended up, you know, the budget being much, much different than where they when the, where they started. But I mean, the point being, if you invested two billion dollars in the Clippers already, might as well get them a sweet arena that's their own to play in, right? Yeah, yeah. Why, uh, why, why? Uh, you know, be cheap now. Go ahead and do it all the way. And when you're Steve Ballmer, I mean, you know, it's that's Gordon Monson money we're talking about. You can What is Ballmer up to? He's like 70, 80 million a billion dollars or something. I don't know. It's uh quite a deep pile of money. Is that 74 and a half billion dollars? Wow. That is stupid. Is he the is he the richest NBA owner? Is he the richest sports owner now that Paul Allen has passed or I guess it oh, still would is. be Paul Allen's family maybe. Uh, uh he he's, is he's one of them. The next closest is David Tepper at thirteen billion. So yeah, he's the the richest by a long of all long, sports or just way. the NBA. Uh, this is America's richest sports owners. Wow, so. how about that? It's good to be Not Steve Ballmer. I I just remember the bidding process for that team where Steve outbid everybody by like a <laughs> billion dollars because his answer was just like, well, I wanted to make sure I was going to get it. <laughs> Didn't want to fiddle faddle around, get right gonna, down to business. I wanted the franchise. I wasn't going to mess around with that whole thing. That's the kind of person you want to sell your house to. Uh, and actually, sure. uh, update: as of April, he was the world's richest sports team owner as well. 
Wow. Okay. Gal. So uh, that he just, couldn't spend it all if he tried. That just means that Jeff Bezos' wife hasn't gotten into That's sports ownership, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think uh, I don't think Jeff's wife is quite as wealthy as Steve, but uh, obviously Jeff is ex-wife. Ex-wife, yeah. Let's let's find the out. The richest part of her title is ex. Whatever. She's living the dream. I'm not blaming her. Would uh, you rather have that kind of money and be divorced, or would yes, you rather live a... <laughs> My wife and I can still be in love and not married. Hmm. Right? No, no. Because Gordon's going to pull out, the, I'd rather be happily lovey-dovey-dovey-dovey. That's silly. You're right. Exactly. What are you going to do with the... What's, what's, what's Jeff up to? Two hundred and what is he? What's his billion? Like, is he over a hundred billion? Uh, let's see. His divorce was uh, worth uh, let's see, twenty-two point four billion dollars estimated around. That's what's what his grand total up 193 to one ninety-three and a half billion. Wow, one hundred and ninety-three billion dollars. <laughs> That's a lot of money. I'll I'll grant you that. But would you rather be divorced and have the money or, or be happily married and have what you got? I am not being hyperbolic here. My yeah, wife right. would l- rather me say I'd rather be divorced yeah. and have the money. A- every living, breathing human would answer it that way. Who's being All right, honest? Austin. So what, what would you do? What would you do with Whatever your Whatever the hell I wanted to do with that money. <laughs> what wouldn't I do with that money? Yeah, but what would you do with your I'll wife? Give, I'll give your you ex-wife. each a billion. What would you do with your ex-wife? Would she, would she we'll rather have the together. money? We'll still be married. We'll still be a happy family. Or start, won't be married. We'll still live together. We'll still be in love. We'll still be a happy family. But we'll be a lot happier of a family. All right. I would buy a money bin like Scrooge McDuck. Just to have it? <laughs> and I would get the, all my net worth into coins of some sort to see if I could swim through it. I think you guys are obsessed and, uh, and with And to create money. like... Create like robots to defend it. What do you mean obsessed with money? It says the guy who doesn't have to worry about it. Oh, please. We all (laughs) have to worry about it. (laughs) All right. Stay tuned. Well, maybe not Jeff. We'll get to the uh, Not Sports Board coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Recession. I dropped 90 mil. Well, I've recouped that and doubled it moving forward. So I'm up to half a billion now. And so I got less time than I got money. So I got to burn through this, man. Come on. Let's do it. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We have some breaking news, and we'll get into the uh, vote breakdown uh, coming up with Bowler at the top of 5 o'clock hour. But Rudy Gobert has been named NBA All-Defensive First Team, along with Ben Simmons, Marcus Smart, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Anthony Davis. 
Uh, so Rudy actually got a half million dollar bonus for making that team too. So good day to be uh, Rudy Gobert. Make a little uh, extra cheese on the side there. Again, we'll talk to uh, Bowler about it uh, coming up at the top of the five o'clock hour. But right now, let's get to the not sports board brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over one thousand used vehicles in inventory. Shop online lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? I've got a bit of sad news here. Okay. Hate to bring everybody down. Yeah, geez. But I've, I've got some 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 darn near tragic news here. All right, let me just read this note written to you. To our amazing fans, it is with heavy hearts that we've made the difficult decision as a family to say goodbye to keeping up with the Kardashians. After what will be 14 years, 20 seasons, hundreds of episodes, and numerous spin-off shows, we are beyond grateful to all of you who've watched us for all of these years. Through the good times, the bad times, the happiness, the tears, and the many relationships and children. We'll forever cherish our wonderful memories and countless people we've met along the way. Blah, 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 blah. Our last season will air early next year in 2021. Without keeping up with the Kardashians, I wouldn't be where I am today. I am so incredibly grateful to everyone who has watched and supported me and my family these past 14 incredible years. This show made us who we are. And I will be forever in debt to everyone who played a role in shaping our careers and changing our lives forever. Even Chris Humphrey. With, with love and gratitude, Kim. Hmm. Who? Uh, Kim, Kim, Kim the, the, the lawyer's daughter. Kim. Ah. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I, I have this admission. I have never watched a single episode of that show. I have no clue why it was popular. I have no clue why anyone would would want to watch that, but there it is. 20 seasons. How do you do 20 seasons in 14 years? Are there multiple shows? Yeah, there are multiple seasons yeah. per year. It's not uncommon in, in reality television, like there's been oh, 105 right. survivors. Um, it. Here's my take on that, uh, Gordon, because uh, I actually have not seen the show either. I, I get why people watch it, however. I, don't, I really haven't. My, my wife's not really into uh, reality television, and either am I. I've even fallen off with the Real World Road Rules Challenge, which I dearly loved. Um, but, but I will say this. In a weird way, I, I would throw LeVar Ball into this category. Even though they don't have the most favorable... Um, uh, public persona. Chris Jenner is brilliant. She is a brilliant PR master who has made billions of dollars for her family, possibly. Which is amazing. Just like LeVar Ball had his oldest son who, who couldn't throw a basketball into the ocean and somehow got him picked <laughs> number two by the exact team he wanted to go, for, go to. The man is brilliant. Stay in, stay in your lane, Jake. The man is brilliant. And Chris Jenner, yeah, she may have, have done some things that uh, I, I, I don't approve of per se, but man, has she made a lot of money for her and her family. 
Real quick, Austin, since Jake and I have never seen the show, I want you to wrap it up inside of like three or four sentences. Uh, a giant waste of your time and energy and your cable slash uh, dish professionals bill, if you have that on your uh, list. Good riddance to bad rubbish. The end. That bad, huh? It's it's horrendously bad. And now the younger generation is the star, right? It's not Kim and Chloe and the uh, other one, right? Isn't it now the younger Kendall? one that uh, that likes Blake Griffin? Uh, yeah, Kendall and uh, honestly, I don't remember her name. Kylie, 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 Kylie. Kylie. Okay. And they just the, their voices are nails on a chalkboard. It's terrible. I I remember the season that Chris Humphreys was on. That was entertaining. But other than that, I uh, oh I, and Reggie Bush. I watched that uh, the Netflix OJ thing recently. What was that called with uh, from FX or the actual documentary? No, no, no. The the FX one with uh, with the Friends Ross playing yeah. uh, Kardashian. The People versus OJ Simpson. Yeah. What an what an interesting situation to have your fame born out of, and then he passed shortly thereafter, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Wild. But what, 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 why would the show be popular? What? How did this last for fourteen years? Because it's reality television, Gordon. It's a soap opera. It's got a running storyline, and it's you know unique. Uh, I mean, they have love triangles and... Uh, Jake, Jake said it well. It was, it was run by a master PR person, right. albeit not with the best intentions, but it worked out really well where right. the mom was uh, godmothering this whole entity, this whole enterprise, right onto television yeah. for you. Man, you so essentially, they were famous for being famous. Perfect. Well said. All right, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, Andrew Reinhardt, our friend from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Where are you weighing in on the Kardashians there, Andrew? Well, this is all news for me, so canceled, I guess, huh? Yeah, one more season, buddy. That's it. One more season, boy. Oh, well, I think you're right. They have made a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Fortune of, uh, of and many times over. It. We, we did it to ourselves. We fed into it this whole time. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Well, let's help. I don't know if the Kardashians help society, but I know Wasatch Medical Clinic does. Let's help our listeners today, Andrew. Yes, we're helping guys out with their love lives. Uh, ED, uh, in our opinion, goes untreated. Uh, maybe in the majority of cases, um, I read somewhere that 50% of men will experience ED at some point in their life. And I think the number is more like 90%. It's such a big problem. It wreaks havoc on a relationship. It affects a man's sense of self-worth. There's maybe a part of our ego that just doesn't want us to get it. And uh, it doesn't get better. Now, Wasatch Medical uses something that's so much uh, more advanced. It's a better option than what has existed. It's called acoustic wave therapy. It's FDA registered. It's clinically proven to open up blood vessels. Um, similar maybe to when you go to the gym, you break down a muscle. It uh, The body heals itself. It builds itself up stronger, better, more blood flow. That's called neovascularization. And that's what we're doing with this part of the body. So guys come in, they do a few treatments over two to three weeks. They're about 10 minutes per treatment, and they feel the blood flow almost immediately, and they can eliminate the pill. So they get back to younger years, normal function, and it's a game changer for a lot of guys out there, particularly if you're out there listening and you're experiencing side effects with the pills or maybe the pill isn't working at all. 
this is a great alternative to restore normal function. You said a lot of guys, Andrew. Uh, hit on that a little bit. Uh, who's a good candidate for this thing? Anybody that is experiencing failures in the bedroom, uh, an ideal candidate would be somebody that still has some function left. So let's say things are good in the bedroom two out of four times. You are a very good candidate to get back to four out of four times. Now, if things are completely gone and you're at 0%, we can help. But it's easier if you have mild to moderate erectile dysfunction, things are headed in the wrong direction. Boy, now is the time to get it treated. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. And uh, you're doing a lot for our listeners right now. So much for free. Um, we started uh, out here a few years ago delivering a lot of value. And, and uh, you know, we're going to continue to do that. And we're actually delivering more we believe in giving free information, having you uh, meet with a doctor for free. There's no obligation. There's no sales pitch. There's no cost. Uh, that will include uh, a blood flow ultrasound to test your blood vessels. We're going to give you a little uh, special gift that produces instant results in the bedroom. Guys love that. And now for new patients, we're including testosterone to maybe help with the drive and the energy. If you're feeling that you're lacking in that area, maybe you also have ED. Boy, we've got everything covered now, and it's free. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. All right, Bowler's next, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone.